Several times a year, there is a fifth Sunday in a month, and on the fifth Sunday, we invite the kids to be a part of the service. And so today, uh, they are here, and uh, we're very, very glad that they're here. Now, I'm going to do something completely different today. I am. Uh, I usually, uh, Pastor Brian will make up some sort of sheet, and I know he did today, but he'll make up a sheet and try to adapt what it is I'm saying in the sermon and make sure that there's some points that the kids can, uh, can gain something from. Well, today I am preaching to the kids. Uh, that's what I'm going to do, and I'm sure that the adults are going to find something that they can, uh, that they can uh, glean from in the sermon, and it would be very, very helpful for you. And uh, I can't think of anything more important than to talk about uh, just wh- how God wants us to rear our children and how we as a church can help with that. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel, and uh, we're going to have a really good time doing that this morning. Now, as we do that, what I'd like to do first of all is I would like for anyone in this church who ever at any time serves in children's ministry, whether it's Awana's or Sunday night or Sunday morning or children's church, if you ever serve in children's ministry of any form, I'm talking about up through sixth grade or fifth grade, would you just please stand? Just stand up wherever you are. Just stand. Just stand. Boy, what a group of heroes. Can we give God the glory for these folks that are helping us in children's ministry? Thank you so very much. You can be seated. Then the next thing I want to do is recognize the subjects of what I'm talking about this morning, the sermon. If you are a child uh, and parents, you help them and you are not normally in the auditorium on Sunday, but you are here today because it's a kid's Sunday, I want you to stand. And if you're too short to see, stand up on the pew, would you? Just stand up. Come on. I want to see them. All the kids that are not normally in here, stand up all over the place. There we go. Let's give them a hand. All right. Very good. There's a bunch of them. Thank you. So I am going to talk to you today. I'm going to jump around a little bit in 1 Samuel, but we're going to read one verse as our launching pad, so to speak, this morning. So we are going to stand and read as we normally do. So let's stand up and we're going to read 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 18, and it's going to be on your screen. There it is. That's 1 Samuel. That's chapter, chapter 2 and verse number 18. It's on the screen. And let's everyone read together beginning now. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. That is an amazing statement. He ministered before the Lord, even as a child. I'm going to say this several times this morning. Kids, you matter. Uh, You are important, and God's got his eye on you. You're very important, and you matter. So let's go to the Lord in prayer ask him to meet with us this morning. Father, help us now in this time. As we open your word and we look at one of those rare jewels of a person in the book of Samuel, speaking of Samuel himself. And Lord, I pray that we would glean from this passage something that will help children and will also help their parents and will help all adults, help us as a church to know how important this subject is. Help me now as I speak on this subject of I came to know you early. I came to know you early. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be seated. I think it's pretty interesting that Samuel got his start really early at serving God. He got an early start. I'm afraid we don't think in those terms very much today. We don't get much, so, or we don't expect much, so we don't get much. I think we have it in our mind that we're going to do our best to, you know, get them in Awanas through kids' ministry, junior high, senior high student ministry, and then we'll just put up with it. They'll go out, find their own way, make a few mistakes, wander around a little bit, and then hopefully wander back to God, wander back to Jesus somewhere in their young adulthood. Kind of the idea of sowing wild oats and getting it out of their system 
and then coming home to Jesus. Well, I just want to address myself to you kids. That is not God's plan. That is not the way that God wants you to grow up. And it's just not a very good idea. I wonder how many adults could just help me this morning by telling me, uh, you wish that there were some choices and decisions that you made once you left childhood. You wish to some of those choices you could not make. If you had it to do over again, you would have chose differently. We just raise your hand up. Look, kids. Pay attention to what the pastor is telling you this morning. It's very important. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1 says this in the New Living Translation. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say life is not pleasant anymore. Kind of interesting. So this book of Samuel begins in the time of the judges. Now you kids, uh, Pastor Brian and all those teachers have taught you about the judges and how it was a very, very bad time, difficult time. People just weren't behaving during that time in Israel's history. And uh, the next time, the next p- period of time was when they had kings. And um, But up until then, it, it was a terrible time. So adults that are in here, if you'll watch the screen right now, all of the words that you see are talking about what was actually going on during the time of the judges. This isn't 2023. This is the time of the judges. And so uh, amazing stuff was going on right there. And things were going on like that because people were living without any restraints. Uh, the, the last Bible, the last verse in the book of Judges said, in those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Well, kind of sounds like the newsfeed adults that we see and hear every day. Everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. Everybody is a law to themselves. And so it creates all kinds of problems. So as we o- open up, this book of 1 Samuel, the world was in need of a word from God. It says in chapter 3 in verse 1, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. Why was that? Well, kids, because the priests and the prophets and the preachers were not speaking the truth anymore. They were cowardly. They only spoke what the people wanted to hear, and they gave a very permissive message, and they didn't stand up for the truth. Everybody was doing their own thing, and the preachers and the prophets were all fine with it. So what does God do? What does God do in a situation like that when we need a revival, when a revival is really needed, what does he do? Now, I'm going to ask you adults a question. How many of you think that the church, the nation, and the world really needs a revival of the moving of God? Would you raise your hand? Boy, we need one terribly. So what does he do? What does God do? Well, here's what he does. He always chooses somebody. He chooses somebody, a godly servant, to speak the truth and to stand up for what is right, even if the whole world seems to be going wrong. Let me give you a Bible verse for that. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9 says this. It says that God is always searching. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God's always running a search. He's always looking for people. He's always looking for individuals who, in spite of what everybody's doing around them, is loyal to him. And with that person, he really makes a difference. So God's always looking for that. Well, in our story, in our passage, Samuel, little Samuel is that person. 
Now, when we think of Samuel, and again, you kids in classes, I'm sure you've been read Samuel and studied it. You talked about Goliath and you talked about all these others, King David, King Saul. Well, listen to this right here. What I want you to understand is Samuel didn't get his start as a prophet and a priest. He didn't, we didn't learn to know about Samuel once he was anointing and choosing kings. That, that's, not, that's not when we find out about him. We find out about him when he was very, very young. And so he is the one that God has chosen to use to bring a great revival to the nation. He didn't start serving God when he was an adult. He started very young. So listen up, kids. Listen up very carefully. And I will tell you this. What I want to share with you today is how to change things for the better. How does God do it? How does God change things for the better? And here's how he does it. He does it using people. And he just may do it using children. So I want to give you a few thoughts this morning. Three main points and a bunch of little points under that. But here we go. Number one, change. Change begins when people, especially parents, begin to pray. Change happens, change begins when parents begin to pray. Now, kids, you know, we pray around here all the time. If you're in our services and classes, you pray. At Juana's, you pray. I'm sure you pray at home, maybe at your meals, maybe before you go to bed or other times. Uh, We're all about prayer. We pray. But this lady in the story here, who is Samuel's mother, sets a new standard for what prayer is all about. And she completely gives us an understanding of what serious prayer really is. And I want us to look at it this morning in chapter one. The first note I'd like you to see under this subject of change begin when people pray. Hannah prayed and Hannah was the mother of Samuel. Let me read a couple of verses in verse number 10 and 11. First Samuel chapter one, verse 10 and 11. She was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Now, I just want you kids to know I'm not bald-headed because a razor came on my head. I'm bald-headed because I just don't have any hair. But in this passage, This lady said, I'm going to make this son that you're going to give me, Lord. If you'll give me a son, he's going to be given to you, and he's going to be a Nazarite, and that's part of the Nazarite thing. We can talk about that another time. So uh, she prayed, and she made these promises. You see, Hannah wanted to have a child very, very much, but up to that time, for some reason, God had not allowed her to have one. So she would go to the tabernacle, kind of like a church, and she would go to there in the wilderness, or, or there in the Shiloh actually, this is after they were in the land, she would go there and pray very often for God to allow her to have a baby. Well, on this occasion, she went and she was just desperate and she prayed and she wept and she wept and she prayed and she asked God to give her a baby. Well, along with that request, she made a promise. So first, Hannah prayed and second of all, Hannah promised. And what did she promise? Well, I just read it in verse one. She made a vow, a promise that she would give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Now, many of you were dedicated by your parents to the Lord when you were very young, perhaps before you even remember it. Uh, Coming up on Mother's Day, there'll be a baby dedication and there'll be some parents that'll pray and dedicate their babies to raise them for the Lord. So that's a dedication. Well, this was more than a dedication. She promised that she would give Samuel to him all of his life. Now, if you stop and think about it, 
we already belong to the Lord because I have a question for kids and adults right now. Where did we come from? Who made us? Who gave us life? Who did that? God did. God gave us life. He already owns us. He made us, but he wants us to voluntarily come to him and serve him. So he made us and he gave us life. Our moms and dads have the privilege of raising us and his mother is going to have the privilege of raising him. Samuel's mom is, but we belong to God. Here's a verse that tells us what it's all about. This is for you adults, your parents listen very carefully. What's it all about? Why is God bringing two people together? And what does he have in mind? Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit? You are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth. So he says that what I really want is godly children. So Hannah's promise to give her child to the Lord was to understand that every child is a gift from God and every child should be available to God. So let me pull over and park right here for a moment. Now, your children are not the way parents for you to just gain status. Your children are not like another piece of furniture. It's not, they're not a possession. Your children are not just a project. Your children are not a nuisance. And don't even let the kids even think about that. Your children are a gift from God. And they're to be available to God. And that's a good place to say amen. Because your kids need to hear that. They are a gift from God. And kids, you need to understand that. You're not a problem. You're a person. You're not a problem, you're a present. You're not a problem, you're somebody that God has given to your parents and you're the, one of the greatest blessings that they have. And I just, I want you to know God loves you children and we love you as well. So she made a promise and she said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna raise this children for the Lord and all children come from God and all children should be available to God. We don't think in those terms, we got our own plans. Most of us even when we have children and give our efforts and attention to them, we got our plans, what we would like them to be. And we try to tune into what they're like and we start helping make plans for them. And we start choosing what, well, you know, that's great. And you know, he that doesn't plan is planning to fail. I understand that. But you know what? God has plans for your children. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe every person is important to God? Say amen. Does that include children? Of course it does. All children come from God. All children should be available to God. And kids, you're a gift from God and God's got a plan for each and every one of you and you are built by God, made by God, especially built and made for the purpose God has for you in your life. God loves you. And so Hannah prayed and Hannah promised. And then this is beautiful. Hannah performed her promise. She kept her promise. Kids, did you know that when we make promises, we're supposed to keep them, aren't we? When we make a promise, we're supposed to keep it. As long as it's within our power, we need to keep our promises. Well, she did. She prayed and she promised. Now, follow with me if you would. You read verse 11 a few moments ago about how she was going to lend him to the Lord all of her days. Verse 17 says, uh, when Eli understood what she was doing, he said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked. So Eli says, the Lord's heard you. You're going to have a child. Verse number 18, she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman, Hannah, went her way and ate and her face was was no longer sad. She had been weeping and just, but now she's heard the word. God is going to bless her. She had faith and she believed. And so God has heard 
her prayer. Now I want you to notice verse number 20, that just as she had heard, so it was in her life. It came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now, parents, as you name your children, think about it. All right. Just, just think about the names that you're giving to your children. Uh, I heard somebody name their child Throckmorton. That's just really difficult, you know, and that's, I wouldn't do that. So just, you know, name your children names. You know what uh, this woman named her child Samuel. Would you like to know what Samuel means? God heard my prayer. God heard my prayer. That's what his name means. How about that? She was thankful. She was true to her promise. And in agreement with Elkanah, her husband, which is another subject altogether, he could have stopped her vow, stopped her prayer. We could go study that. But he was in agreement. Parents ought to be in agreement. So she took Samuel to the tabernacle and she left him. Some of the most beautiful verses in all of the scriptures, verse 24 to 27. Listen to these words. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah, a flower, a flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Think about that. The child was young. We're talking young, young. We're talking three, four, five years old. They slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you, by you here praying to the Lord. Listen to this verse, verse 27, for this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives. He shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. So folks, uh, where it says there that she brought him to the tabernacle and she left him there, I just want to go on record. We're not building any dorms here at the church. Just want you to know that. Uh, Brother Kirby has not got any plans uh, to build dorms here at the church. So, But here's the idea. She dedicated, she lent him, gave him to the Lord for all of his days. I get asked this kind of question all the time. Pastor, you know the world's really crazy. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world today. Is it a good idea to even bring children into the world right now? I get asked that. Do you know what? At a time that is as bad as we are now or worse, what we are experiencing, worse than what we're experiencing, God had a plan and it included praying parents and it included the gift of the children. And let me just make a statement. I've got red stars all around this statement that I want to make right now. Just think about this. What if only ungodly people are having children? Change comes, folks, when parents pray. Kids, I want you to know you have parents that are praying for you. They have been praying for you. Perhaps like Hannah, they prayed for you before you even came into the world. And they're not just going to pray this. They're not just going to pray that you be healthy, happy, productive, but that you will make a difference. I just want you to know this morning, kids matter. How many of you think that's true? Kids matter. All right, can you say that with me? Kids matter. All right, all you kids, I want you to say it out loud. I matter. Ready? I matter. You do matter. And God is in charge and he, is, he has made you to be who you are. So parents might ask, well, how early should I get serious about this spiritual side of life with my child? 
How early should I get? Well, this woman got started with it before the child was ever born. We should certainly pray like that. But, uh, and uh, I think I could take you to Isaiah. I won't do it. That talks about that from the time they're weaned, you're teaching them line on line, precept on precept. That's what the Bible says. But let me just give you Isaiah 78 and verse five. This is huge. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Psalm 78 and verse five. Psalm 78 and verse five. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he has commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, and that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments to teach your children and that the children would grow up and teach their children. Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. right after he gave the 10 commandments, right after he gave the great commandment, he says, you shall teach them to your children. Speaking of them, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So how, do, how does change come? How, how's it going to happen? How, how are, what's the hope for change? How's it really going to happen? Well, it's going to happen when parents uh, pray and they promise and they perform what they promised and children are the object of all of that. Second thing, and I want you to write this down. Change happens when children come to know God early. It's the name of my sermon today. I came to know you early. This is sort of the main point. All of us know this. You adults, listen up. The battleground for the future is not located in the boardrooms of business. It's not located in the halls of Congress or at the United Nations in New York. The battle for the souls of our nation is being waged in the nurseries, the kindergartens, and the elementary schools of our nation. That's where the battle is being waged. We need to be fully aware of Satan's bid for our children. We need to be vigilant in many ways, but especially with our own kids, parents, grandparents, adults in general. We need to know who is teaching them. What are they being taught? What are the pressures that are being placed on them in their social circumstances and beyond that on all of the many social platforms that are coming at them? Satan is working overtime and we better not be lackadaisical ourselves. We better be praying for our children and training them. Notice some things. Samuel came to God's house when he was very young. Chapter one, verse 24. I read it a moment ago. And the child was young. She came to the Lord's house when he was young. He didn't wait until he was older and his habits and character were already set. Samuel didn't have to go through some attitude adjustment or have to get deprogrammed and reprogrammed to to serve God. I just want to say this right here, right now, unless someone misunderstand me. God is in the soul-saving business and it's never too late for God. I want you to know that he can deprogram and reprogram and he can redeem and save and change anybody he wants to. Whenever they yield themselves to him and say, Lord, I believe, save me, he can save anybody and he can make them a trophy of his grace. Amen? But how much better to come and know him when you're young? Come to know him when you're Young, So Samuel came to the Lord when he was very young. And Samuel didn't have to get his attention torn away from attractions and activities that drew him away from God. Now I'm going to share right now and I'm going to make half the room upset with me and just save your emails and text because I'm still going to believe it even after you email me and text. I'd just like to ask a question. Whatever happened to the Lord's day? 
You're here and I'm preaching to the choir, but many of us are in battles all the time about what is usurping the importance of God, his word, his work, his church, and the Lord's day. Whatever happened to Sunday being the Lord's day and when did sports and activities trump God? Now I'm just going to stand here for a minute and let you think about that. Can you imagine the children of Israel coming up to Moses and Aaron and saying, you know, this Sabbath thing, you know, we've got a few other things we're going to be doing during that time. So can we do that the day before the day after the day of the next day? Do you think that would have worked? I just have a question for us. Are we surprised when our kids grow up and always choose fun over fellowship with God's people when we train them to do so when they were young? It's really quiet and you're thinking about what text you're going to shoot me and what email you're going to send me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, people were not making these kind of statements in the days of the judges and you see where they went. I'm just telling you this morning. Jesus didn't say, I want to be second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh. Jesus said, me first. Jesus first. How many of you believe Jesus is the Lord? Say amen. Amen. Oh, folks, please think about what we're doing. Samuel served when he was young. Look at chapter 2, verse 11. Elkanah went to his house at Ramah, but the child ministered to the Lord before uh, Eli, the priest. Samuel served when he was young. No, he didn't preach, teach, or do the things that only adults could do, but he accompanied Levi or Eli, and he served him doing what he could, and helping God's people is serving God. He was just a little guy at this time, but he could help. I remember when I was a little boy and growing up, my dad would ask me, when he, whatever he was doing, he would just get me and say, all right, we're going to go do this, that, or the other. And we did all kinds of things. His phrase was, well, look, I need you with me because you've got young legs and quick feet. <laughs> and he always wanted me there. So whether he was working on the car or the truck, I was right there, going to go get tools for him. I would chase down that nutter screw that rolled under the car, those kind of things. When he was doing house repairs or whatever, I would be right there going to get the hammer or go get another nail or whatever he needed. I learned a lot by just watching and doing what little I could as a little fella. And I just wonder, can't you see Eli as he's getting old? The scriptures say he was old and he was immobile almost and he was going blind. And I could just see Eli saying, Samuel, could you please come and carry these ashes out from this sacrifice? Samuel, would you pick up my quill? I'm trying to keep notes here and I've dropped it and I can't even see it. And so he he was there. Samuel helped and helping does help. I just want you to know that helping helps And it does train us. And so helping does something else for you kids. It does something else for them, dads, moms and dads. It'll make you grow and learn. Chapter 2, verse 18 was our key verse. But Samuel ministered before the Lord even as a child and was wearing a linen ephod. Uh, The word child simply means very young person. He was dressing like a priest because he was in the line of priests. We don't know why his dad wasn't serving like a priest, but he was in the line of Kohath, a son of Levi. And his mother, after this fact, would come to see him often every year. She had an attachment to him. Even after she had given him to the Lord, she'd make him a little coat and bring it to him every year. Oh, this is just beautiful. Samuel ministered before the Lord. He learned to pray. He learned to help. He learned to put Jesus first in his life. 
something else. Meanwhile, I want you to see the child Samuel grew before the Lord. The child Samuel grew before the Lord. What's that about? Well, what's the meanwhile there for? Well, that's down at the bottom of verse 17, but verses two through 12 through chapter two, verses 12 to 17 and verses 22 to 25 talk about Eli's own sons. Their names were Hophni and Phinehas and they were terrible. They were wicked. I don't know how Eli had time to train Samuel, but didn't have time to train Hophni and Phinehas because they were terrible. They were stealing the meat that was supposed to be offered to the Lord and the fat that was supposed to be burned up. They were putting big forks in and stealing it out for themselves. Not only that, they did terrible things at the door of the tabernacle with the people who came there. And I don't want to be graphic with all of you kids that are here this morning, but your mom and dads know what I'm talking about. They were terrible people but they were supposed to be serving God. Is it any wonder when the prophets, the priests, and those that are supposed to be giving the instructions are living like the devil himself, is it any wonder that the people were doing such terrible things? I want you to notice this. Samuel grew in stature and favor with both the Lord and men. So here's what was happening. The priests were getting more wicked and Samuel was growing spiritually. Hey kids, you don't have to be wicked just because the people around you are. You don't have to do bad things just because they do. Don't let them influence you. Just do the right thing. The priests were making people mad, but Samuel was finding favor with all the people. The priests were going to be punished by God, but Samuel was finding favor with God. And so helping God's people is ministry to the Lord. Look at chapter 3, verse 1 again. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord, and before Eli, he ministered to the Lord. Now he's called a boy. That's the word. means he's probably 10 to 13 years old. He's older now. He's not just a little guy. He's still serving. He's been there for a while. He's learned and he's grown up and he's getting stronger and better and more able. And that's the way it is in life. You know, just like this, we don't grow up to be a man in three months. We don't grow up to be in charge of spiritual things in a short time either. So we need to be patient. Kids, you're just, you know, I remember trying to learn to be patient. I was 13 years old, when am I going to get a driver's license? I'm 14 years old, when am I going to get a driver's license? I'm 15 years ago, when am I going to get my own car? When I'm 16, and I'm just going there, well, I'm never going to get there, never going to get there, never going to get there. Well, you know, the only answer to that is wait, be patient. And I can tell you, once you get that car and you start getting the bills that goes along with it, you're going to remember the days when you didn't have one. Anyway, I'll leave that alone. So here's the thing. Uh, we need to be patient children. We're going to grow up. We're going to get bigger. Serve, the, serve God how you can right now. Number three, change happens when children listen to God. Chapter three and verse seven is very curious, and this may shock you. Verse seven says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. What? It says right there, he didn't know the Lord. And the word of the Lord was not yet revealed to him. Now he was in the right place. He was under the right circumstances. His parents were praying for him. Everything, all the circumstances, all the advantages were where they should be. And he was where he could hear the Lord, but he didn't know the Lord yet. He hadn't heard from him yet. Many of us, when we were growing up and went to Sunday school and church and maybe went to Awanas, we learned Bible verses and we could quote them and we participated and we could sing the songs. And then one day the light came on. Whoa, what? You mean I'm a sinner? And we understood. How many know what I'm talking about? You started learning things before you understood those things. This is where Samuel was. It's so important. And so we need to listen. 
He knew about the activities at Tabernacle. He knew that Eli was serving God and that he was helping Eli. He was attentive to what he was learning, but he didn't know God personally. God's word or call had not come to him yet. God had not revealed himself to him yet. But I want you to know something, kids. He was in the right place doing the right things, and he was ready to hear from God. So I want to tell you kids something. You need to listen for God's call This passage is beautiful because three times he answers when he thinks Eli is calling. God is calling him. Verse number three of chapter three, before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am. And again in verse six to Samuel, ran to Eli the second time, here I am. And the third time he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. In other words, he was, he was very attentive. He was listening. He thought it was Eli calling him, but Eli perceived. He understood what was happening. And he says, look here, here's what you need to know. You need to know that God is calling you. And I just want you to know, God may not call kids. You may not understand everything today, tomorrow, or next week, but you need to be present. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. You need to be present. You need to be available. You need to be listening so that when he calls, we can understand his call. You need to respond when the Lord does call. Respond. Eli understood that the Lord was calling Samuel, so he told him what to do. And parents and leaders, it's so important that we keep pointing people to children to Jesus. You can't decide for them. Never pray for them in the sense of trying to help them pray the prayer of faith. Let them, but we can point them to Jesus. Listen to this. Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. How beautiful. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant here. You see, he was listening. He was available. And then something else, you need to do what God asked you to do. Samuel was soon going to be a man. But at this point, he was listening to God's servant. And then he was listening to God's voice. And then he was obeying God's will. There's no doubt that Samuel kept growing and became who God wanted him to be, and so will you. Listen to verse number 19 of chapter 3. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Everybody knew it because they'd watched him grow in grace. They'd watched him grow in favor. They'd watched the people recognize that he was listening to the Lord. And what a beautiful story. It's just not a story. This is history. This is exactly what happened. I just want to say to boys and girls and moms and dads, God made every child just as he wanted to make them. Every one of you are exactly who God wants you to be. Tall or short or thin or chunky, it doesn't, it, God made you who he wants you to be with the abilities that you have. He made you who you are and he's proud of what he has done. God is not ashamed of anything that he's made. You're important. You matter. Kids, you are very, very important and God loves you. God has a plan for you and his plan is so much better than any that you can come up with on your own. The time to begin serving and and listening to the Lord is while you are very young. That's why I call this, I came to know you early. My story, hope I can get through this. When I was small, kids, and without knowing anything about it, my father prayed that one of his three boys 
would become a preacher. None of us knew anything about that. And none of us had felt that God wanted, although we went to church all the time, we didn't know what God wanted, that God wanted one of us to do that. Well, when I was 12 years old, I got really, really sick. And I had a ruptured appendix, and they had something called gangrene. Now, you can ask your parents about that, and I was just really sick. So I was in the hospital, and I was bad off. And uh, I was gotten really skinny and almost died. And I was lying in the bed one afternoon, and my dad rushed in in his telephone truck because he was close to the hospital. And I didn't, he didn't know that I could hear him, but he came in trying to be real quiet. And he got on his knees by the hospital bed and he prayed for me and as he finished he said and God he's the last one I prayed for one of my sons to be a preacher I heard him praying God began to speak to me and it was that year when I was 12 years old that I got saved and when I was 15 years old As sure as if my wife was speaking in my ear, I knew that God told me and he called me and I want you to be my messenger. I want you to be my preacher and I'm going to send you to many places and I want you to preach the gospel of Jesus. And I said, yes. And I came to know Jesus early and it was a blessing. It was a blessing. I've never been sorry, not one second in my life that I came to know him early. Kids, I had you stand earlier, and I want the whole group to stand, the whole church right now, and let's don't go anywhere. This is a solemn moment. I want want you to just bear with me for a minute. What I want to do is I want to close in prayer, but a very special prayer this morning. You kids that are here, I would like you to bring one of your parents or both of your parents and let me pray for you, and I'd like you to come right down here so I can look right at you. And just stand here. You parents of those children, I want to pray a prayer for these children this morning. And I want to pray for you parents of those children. And if Pastor Brian is in here, I'd sure like him to come up and stand with me here on the platform. Now listen, I'm not not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not calling you to do anything. I'm not telling you what you're going to be when you grow up. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing this morning is I'm going to stand up here and Pastor Brian's going to help me and I'm just going to tell you, all of you kids, let me wait, they're still coming. Can y'all slide down this way just a little bit? There's a bunch of them in that aisle. Bring these children right up here. Come on. Amen. Brother Brian, you've got a great blessing here. Look at the kids. Okay, just come on. Bring these children. I'm going to pray for them. Again, folks, this is not, you're not volunteering to do anything. Folks, can you just, in the aisle, you're going to have to just completely open up because we got all kinds of people who would like to come down. So just move way over there. Come on. Come on. That's a, that's a heavy section with kids. So is that one. Bring them on up. Bring them on up. Just keep moving forward. So you kids, I want to tell you something this morning. Everybody just, I want to look right at you and I want to tell you something. Every one of you, you are very special to God every one of you there's no one like you but you you are the only one that God ever made just like you you're the only one so you are what we call a prototype there's not another one like you and God made you just like you are and he loves you 
and he cares for you. He knows how tall you are and how old you are and what your favorite dessert is. He knows. In my case, it's not very hard, but in your case, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. God knows everything. And he made you just like you are, and he loves you. I'm going to tell you somebody else that loves you is Pastor Brian. Brian loves you guys, along with all of his team. He loves you, and he's serving you, and he's giving his whole heart to you. I'm going to pray for him, too. I'm going to pray that God would magnify his office like, like, like Moses prayed for Joshua. And I just want to tell you something, kids. you got a wonderful, wonderful life that God has planned for you. He has planned a wonderful life for you. And you're so valuable, and you matter, and there's nothing in the world that even comes close to the value that God puts on you. You're wonderful, and he loves you. But you need to listen to him. You need to care what he says more than you care what anybody in the world says. Listen to your parents as you're waiting to listen to him. I want to pray for you. I love you, but I don't love you like Jesus does because he died for you. And he wants you to live for him. I'm going to pray. Now, our Father, I thank you for these parents that are here. I thank you for giving them this wonderful gift of this child or these children. Oh God, I pray that they would that they would reckon these children more valuable than any material thing they could ever attain. I pray that they would understand that they are a gift. They are a project. They are to be trained and to love and to raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Lord, help them to always have the child in a position and a place where he can say, here I am, Lord. They can't, Lord, I don't ask that the parents try to save their children, but they try to put them in the place to hear you call so that they can be saved. I pray for Brother Brian, Lord. I pray that you'd magnify his office, enable him, give him ideas, and he has wonderful ideas, and give him creativity and give him joy and help him know that his labor is not in vain. He and all of his team. Now, Lord, these children are in your presence today. I pray that you'd help the parents to be vigilant and diligent. Help them not to get distracted. And then help the children to have eyes open, ears open, and hearts in tune with you. God, I pray that you'd make Samuels out of these children. This is a world that really is going crazy. And there is hope. And when parents ask me, should I bring children into the world? Oh, yes. Because God wants godly offspring. Bless us now as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.